Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Ridge Community Church Podcast. My name is John. I'm one of the pastors on staff at the Ridge, and our vision is to bring the hope of Jesus into every home. So as a piece of that, our goal each week is to bring you something that's hopeful and helpful. So subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any hopeful and helpful conversations. Hey, everyone, and thanks for listening to this episode of the Ridge Community Church Podcast. If you find today's episode hopeful and helpful, then give this podcast a follow or subscribe, and then rate and review it so that more people can hear our hopeful and helpful conversations. In today's episode, the lead pastor of the Ridge, Mark White, and I have a conversation about investing in people to help them find Jesus. We've been doing one of these every month or so as we've been working our way through the different stages that people go through on their faith journey. Well, today, Mark and I chat about how you can help someone become open to change in their life. And Mark shares about burping the baby. You'll have to listen to hear that one. And when to be patient versus when to challenge someone. And then how to share your story in a way that's really helpful. This is my conversation with Mark. Well, hey, Mark. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. You must hey, you must have run out of guests. You're bringing me back again. So, uh, no, we love you. Everybody loves having you on there, and you bring a lot of uh, good wisdom and insight on stuff. You know, I appreciate you're back on a you're on a standing desk, right? You're Mm -hmm. you doing a standing desk. I'm just making the switch right now. What's your what's your uh, what's your opinion of a standing desk? I think, at least for me, it needs to be a mix of standing and sitting. Yeah, and that mix works for me. It really does. I don't know if I could do it all day. I'm not at that place. Yeah, me neither. I just like started like the first couple of days to try it out. And I'd be like two hours in the morning or we'd have these meetings and I'm just like shuffling back and forth and be like, okay, I need a break. <laughs> but uh, It is anyway. a change. Yeah, it is a change. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as much as everybody wants to hear us talk about standing desks. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, to catch up, maybe our listeners that haven't had a chance to catch our previous conversations on the kind of theme that we're talking about today. We've been talking a lot about how we invest in one person to help them find Jesus and that, you know, most people who make a decision to follow Jesus, they kind of go through five different stages or, or thresholds is what some people call them uh, on their faith journey. And we talked to Jody about how do we help some people trust Christians, talk to Tyler about how do we help someone become more curious. And um, before we jump on today's uh, topic, I'm curious, do you have any thoughts just overall on those two stages of helping someone trust a Christian or helping someone become more curious? Well, I think, uh, first off, the two that you talked to about it are, I mean, great to talk to about it because they're really good at it. Yeah. I think the the trust one in our culture nowadays is so important. And because of the shift in culture, when I say the shift in culture, I mean uh, just the perceptions of Christians that people have yeah. uh, are just getting worse and worse. Some of it's self-inflicted, okay. But that means that that process to develop trust is longer. And you just can't fast track that. It's such a critical thing. And so you think about the trust side, it you, you got to be in it for the long haul. And you know what? I, I think that's actually a good thing because once trust is there, uh, God just continues to do all sorts of cool stuff and you're, when you're truly invested in that journey with someone else. I mean, you really are. And the curiosity thing, the curiosity thing, I think goes hand in hand with developing trust. All right. So if you're in that, if you're in that process of developing trust and you're following Jesus authentically, meaning you're not perfect and all that stuff, but you're really doing that. When someone's along that journey with you, that is not a follower of Jesus, it should automatically strike curiosity Hmm. or at least questioning in that process. So I I think the two go hand in hand a lot of ways. 
Well, I love that too, because as you're saying it, there's nothing relating to forcing someone at all on that. That seems like a very pressure-free type of, I don't want to say lifestyle, but way of talking to people and investing in them. You know, I think that can be a misconception that some people have about helping someone on their faith journey is, oh, I'm going to pressure someone or manipulate my way into something, you know, and it's not about that. Well, I think people think it's just, okay, how do I close the deal with someone? And so all of a sudden this, it's all outcome driven. So then all this pressure and stress, and then honestly, weirdness often happens (laughs) with that. Yeah. When, when you really see people as Jesus sees people, I think, uh, and you watch or you read the new Testament, you read the gospels, how Jesus saw people. It's a very natural outflow of God's heart for people, which means if it's a natural outflow, it's natural because it's how God wired you to live. And so when we talk about investing and all that stuff, it is really just this beautiful journey that we go on uh, to be ourselves. It's an outflow of a heart for God, for people, and it's not outcome driven. It's I am there for that other person and it's natural. It's wonderful. And it's sacred, I think, in so many ways. Well, then let's, you know, you're talking about the, the natural just kind of progression. Well, I think that you get probably the most challenging, in some ways, least natural progression of, <laughs> of any of these stages. So thanks for being willing to, uh, to yeah, jump in thanks, with that. Yeah. <laughs> Throwing you the softballs. Uh, <laughs> and that's helping someone kind of become open to change in their life. Um, just curious, how would you, that's, at first, that sounds pretty similar to becoming curious, but we know that there's a difference. How would you kind of describe the difference between actually moving into being open to change? Well, I think curious doesn't require anything of us. Okay. So I'll use this example. Uh, let's just say I'm, I'm interested in buying a car because I need to get a car. If I'm curious, I can do all this research and reading and asking questions of people uh, talking to car salesmen, even if I want that, I might know as friends and all that. Uh, but it doesn't require anything of me. Now, when we talk about change, now we're talking about, oh, there's steps I might need to take. There's decisions I might need to make. I, I might need to move into something that, oh, it's real now. So that is a challenging, I mean, that's a challenging thing. When you think about it, I mean, you think about how, how slow we are uh, just to change little things in our life. Now we're talking about something monumental. I mean, that's, that's a huge deal. Huge deal. Why, why, do you think, why do you think people are resistant to change just maybe in general? Or like, because it, I don't know, maybe it involves the self-introspection or, or whatever you want to call it. But is that part of it, you think? Yeah, I think we, a part of it is we feel comfortable knowing what we know Hmm. and we settle in very easily. And so there's just kind of this, this pull inward for us to stay comfortable, keep it safe, all that. So when we find the rhythms and the routines that we have, even if they're not working for us, we see that we'll, because of our concern with change, we'll just lock loaded and all that stuff. So in general, you have to be understanding, I think, to go, hey, this is a big deal for someone to just overcome or step into something that, honestly, they don't know about. Now, for us on our end, if you follow Jesus, it's not that big of a deal because we're on the other side, so we know. Uh, But we have to keep in mind, they don't know. And this is a big ask and a big Mm -hmm. step. Uh, 
that we're encouraging them to take. Yeah. How does that change? I think thinking about that might change our posture as we invest in somebody, right? Like it's, we, we want this for someone and we know, like he's mentioned, we know the other side. And so we want it to happen like right away, going back to that, that patience, trying to force it thing. Um, what type of posture perspective do we need to have as somebody's going through that? Well, I think there's a couple, I think one is you got to be empathetic for, for many of us, you know, we started following Jesus. Uh, we, we didn't follow Jesus our whole life. And so if you look back at your own story, like I started following Jesus in my mid twenties, I can still remember the things that were keeping me from following Jesus. And it wasn't that I didn't know the answers. It was really this topic right here. And so the empathy card is really big for me. Hey, I had those same things and I was resistant to it. And I remember the people who helped me, uh, at least that came alongside of me and helped me walk through the resistance part of things. Okay. So the empathy thing is huge. And then the humility side, uh, just, just being okay going, Hey, I'm here for you. It's okay. There's no pressure. Uh, I'm here to serve you. This isn't about me. And there people that's attractive to people that creates safety for people. Those two things right there. And if you want them to, to move into change, those two things, empathy and safety are humongous in that process. You mentioned your own journey through that and people were doing some things that really helped you be open to that. What was it specifically that they did that helped you become open to change? Well, as we talk about investing, investing in, in our ones, if, if the, the, the first two that we talked about are in place, once again, then there should be a relationship there where, mm. where the other person is free to ask questions. They're free to open up about, hey, this is what's the real deal with why I'm, why I'm stopping where I am or I'm concerned, where I'm afraid, wherever that may be. So in, when you're walking with someone, and this is what happened with me, I had the freedom to say, here's what I'm afraid of. Mm. And my biggest fear was I was afraid that if I was going to follow Jesus, I was going to become someone I didn't like hmm. and that it was going to take all the fun out. Those are the two big things for me right there. Even though I knew there was other parts that I, I knew Jesus was offering and I wanted and all that stuff, but those were the two things. And just to have people go, hey, that's okay. It's okay. It's normal. No big deal. Don't rush it. And that was just really huge for me. Hmm. So I mean, what would you tell I don't know, maybe I say, what would you tell Mark that was sitting in there with that question of, I don't want to turn into somebody I don't like, uh, mm -hmm. what would you tell, what would you tell him? Yeah. I think that's where the asking of questions is really huge. You know, for, I probably about 10 years ago, I would have said, oh no, you will. And I would have you know, told him the answers <laughs> and all that stuff. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and because, I mean, I do know the answer. Okay. I mean, that's, that's part of it. And I like the answer now. Yeah. But now fast forwarding ahead going, okay, what do they really need? I always use this phrase uh, just in life where, I, where someone is stuck or someone is struggling. I'll look at it and I go, is this one of those times where you need to burp the baby? Hmm. And burping the baby just means, uh, and we all know we've seen a baby burp that just ate and pat them because they're crying. And then all of a sudden they burp and everything's fine. Yeah. Well, what does that look like in a situation like that? Like this is sometimes they just need to have a place where they just say it. Okay, what it is. And so I'll, I'll say this, I'll ask this question. Hey, what is what is the big obstacle for you, really? Hmm. And, uh, and sometimes they'll dance around it a bit. Go, no, okay, I mean, that's all good. But, but what is it really? I sense it's something more. Hey, it's okay. Just say it. 
And then oftentimes when they say it, they're burping. Hmm. And then I was like, hey, that's okay. Hey, that was me too. Really? Yeah, it's good. Hmm. It's good. And that, that's it's really needed in times like that. People just need to go, oh, I'm normal. It's okay. Yeah, it's, it is. It's good. Well, and I appreciate that the response to that isn't trying to solve or answer or try to explain away those types of fears or concerns. It's, you know, the first step is actually listening to them, um, you know, which is, can be challenging to do when we feel like we have the answer to their question. Well, once again, that's the outcome-based view of this. That's what that leads to. Every time. I got to get them there. I got to get them there. And I understand there's a real, I mean, we want to see our friends make decisions to follow Jesus and be a part of that. I mean, that's yeah. exciting. Who doesn't want that? I want that. But to really pay attention to what God's doing in their life and to step with them as God's leading them. That's the goal of the whole thing. So in that vein, you know, I know sometimes, like you said, they need to, you need to burp the baby, uh, which sometimes mm-hmm. you get a little more than a burp. Right. So, uh, I'm curious about what that looks like. <laughs> uh, but sometimes you like, it's the questions, it's the gentle and it's the patience. And I'm sure there's also times where, you know, it, maybe it's, having a harder conversation that's more of a challenging mm-hmm. um you know i'm sure most people they're probably more comfortable with one or the other because uh, most people are right how do you navigate that tension of knowing when to be gentle and just listen and be patient and when to say hey you know like maybe there is a part of your life that, that you need to look at and reevaluate yeah i think i think the time that they're taking in this stage i think is really important mm-hmm. so if you find yourself Okay, it's been six months and you're talking about the same stuff over and over again. Hmm. So you just kind of see this cycle. You got to step aside and go, yeah, you know what? They need more than that. And they might just need to be challenged in a loving way. Yeah. I've had conversations with people and, I, and I've said, and this is my personality style. Okay, so this is not, I don't encourage this. If this is not your personality <laughs> style. And if, and if the trust is not there, okay? Yep. I've said, hey, you know, man, you just need to get over it and take the step. And because I just hear excuses, it's okay, but you need to get over it. You need to finally just take the plunge. So I've said things like that. But once again, I, I, the relationship is in a place where I can. Right. Yeah. But the timing's everything, John, you got to see how long they're in that stage. And if it just, what can I say, it's repeating itself, then you, you know, you can probably challenge them. Yeah. And it sounds like the two foundational things for that are, you know, um, one is being that trusting person Two, you mentioned it, but you said in a loving way, and that requires you to love that person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, That's exactly and, right. Yeah. And so like you're asking, you're hoping them to change because you love them, not because they're checking off a to-do list or a box item. Right. Yeah. I had a friend of mine say that love in its purest form, which we know is God. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but love in its purest form is wanting the best for someone. Mm-hmm. And so in a situation like this, it, it just reminds me that when you challenge someone, why are you really challenging them? If you're challenging them out of love, this is not, well, I'm frustrated and I'm, you know, I'm going to push this thing along. It's no, I'm doing this because I really do want what's best for you. So even in how you challenging them in love, it'll more likely be received and received well. Hmm. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I think that we think of people being open to change and it's typically like, the individuals that are in this really, you know, I don't want to say challenging point in life, but you hear the dramatic stories, right? You hear that they had this addiction to drugs or whatever addiction it is really. And they needed a solution to get out of that. Um, 
And so I think that we kind of naturally, that story, okay, we, one, we think that, okay, that's most people's story. Well, that's for a lot of people, that's not their story. It's a different type of needing to be open to change. It's a, yeah, it's a right. pride issue. It's a humility thing. How do you help someone that's not such, that's in such a, I don't want to say dramatic because everybody's story is unique and personal, right? But um, maybe outside of the typical come to Jesus moment, if you will. Are you talking about more of, hey, someone's yeah. life is pretty good. Yeah, their life's pretty good. They're like, I don't, I don't know why, why do I need Jesus? You know, yeah, how, do, how does someone become open? I think that's the average that? person. I, I think that's, I think that's the average person, John. I think there's a couple things with that. You go back to the prayer thing. I think there's, I always, I have a couple friends, a couple neighbors actually in that situation. And I always just pray that God would just really speak into their heart. Okay. Yeah. Because the thing that we have to remember is, is that deep down in the soul of every single human being, whether they're that extreme case, okay, or the ones that we're talking about here, there's a void and an emptiness there. There's some things that they're wrestling with at a soul level when they allow themselves to go there. Yeah. That it doesn't matter what kind of life you lead and live, you're still wrestling with those things. So I always try to keep in mind, I pray for those things that that would come to the surface. And then I always step forward with the fact that they still have that. It doesn't matter. That's still there. And what we're talking about is investing in year one is we're helping to connect the dots for people and what that is. Yeah. We really are. And I just, I always just keep that in mind. The other thing with that is, is that that, that means that curiosity stage may take longer mm-hmm. as well. If yeah. they're really kind of dug in with that, it's, it might take a little bit longer as well. Yeah, we've been going through the the book I once was lost and kind of talked about mm-hmm. encouraging people Great to book. read that if they have uh just encourage people to read that. And in uh this chapter on being open to change, something that it that uh the author mentions, Doug, is just this kind of concept of like being resentful for someone for not being open to change. Like, oh, they asked, they asked they're curious. And so they're asking questions about faith. But like you said before, they're not really interested in doing anything with it. And so it almost feels like we've been tricked. Um, mm-hmm. Curious if you have any thoughts on, on kind of that idea. Like how do we avoid feeling like maybe stuck in the patients or um, tricked if they were asking us questions, but they don't care about changing anything or doing anything with it? Yeah. Well, I think first off, it's, it's tough. Okay. I mean, that, that's tough to see. And I, I always assume the best hmm. because if you go into it with a skeptical eye, you'll approach people with skepticism and eventually they'll sniff that out and okay, then good luck from there. I think once again, I think you look at the time frame of where people are. So for example, I have a friend, uh, I've been investing with him now for about eight years, maybe even a little longer. And I think he's at this, this stage that we're talking about here. And honestly, I'm kind of getting the sense of, yeah, I just don't think he wants to change. It doesn't matter what I do. And I've challenged them with some things on stuff. I, I just get said, now, is he fooling me? No, I don't think he's fooling me. But what is my reaction to that? What's my response to that? I've given it eight years. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm there yeah. for him. I love him. Uh, we still see their family and do things with their family. They even come to church here now. I just don't spend as much time investing in them as I did before. Hmm. Uh, I, I look where I sense that in where God has people in my life that are more open and I invest more time there and use that, use that time wisely. Is it hard to make that transition? It was, I, I, it was, 
because a part of you feels like, man, God, did I fail that, that, that person? Hmm. And did I waste my time in the last eight years? And then the reality is, once again, I'm not responsible for the outcome. I'm responsible to be faithful with who God's put in my life and being wise in how I invest in this journey and hopefully live the type of life and invest in them in a way that really does leave them in a better place than, than before we met. That's huge. And I'm sure it's an encouragement to a lot of people because, you know, sometimes it's really easy to feel like if we didn't get the outcome we were hoping for, we failed. And really the process is what we're called to do. I've got more bad, bad outcome stories than good ones. <laughs> I mean, I just do. Yeah. And what, what, and I've just finally had to give that up and go, you know, God, I'm just called to be faithful and to continue, like we're talking about here, to equip, be equipped and trained so I can be ready and doing this well, because I think it honors people and it honors God. So I think yeah. that the equipping and the training side is really important. I do. I still think that to this day. Okay. So then part of being ready and equipped, I'm sure, I know you're passionate about this idea, but is being able and willing to share your story when the time is mm -hmm. right. I know it's a huge part of somebody becoming open to change because they see change in your life. So how, how do you share your story? I, this is a great one because it doesn't matter what your story is. Okay. Cause people are like, well, I don't have that good of a story, whatever you do, no matter what your story is, it's good. And people, after someone shares their story with you and you share it with someone else, you'll never see that person the same and they'll never see you the same. And I say that in a good way. Yeah. Okay. Now you've really opened up a part of yourself. Okay. So when it comes to sharing your story here, here's the mistakes I've, I've seen the most. Because people aren't prepared for it, they go on this, you know, 10 minute deal and they're just kind of talking and they don't realize this because they're excited about telling their story. And they're like, oh, I left this out. And, oh, and this and that and this and that. And all of a sudden it's 10 minutes later and the person's eyes are rolled because they're like, man, oh man, you know, I, so they go too long. They're not prepared. Here's what works really well. Your story should, shouldn't take more than two to three minutes. And the framework I think that works best for your story is I, I call it, okay, before Jesus, give me one word that describes your life before Jesus. Then what led you to make a decision to follow Jesus? And then the third part is just talk a little bit about your life. Not it's all we're, it's all perfect and everything is something. No, not that. Then talk about just some of the changes that following Jesus has made in your life. And so when you do the, hey, the before and the one word that describes before, and then what led you there, and then after, you got to hone that down to about two to three minutes. And people go, yeah, but I'll be leaving a lot out. Here's the thing. This is a marathon, not a sprint. If they want to know more, they'll ask you questions. And that, and here's the thing, if they start asking you questions, that's actually, that actually means you told your story really well, because they're asking you questions. They're curious about you. And that's what, you, that's what you exactly want. So about two or three minutes. Wow. That's quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that should be. So would you, uh, I don't know how in the weeds we want to get with this, but would you recommend like, Hey, writing it out first and like I practicing? Would, I, yes. Yes. Write it out. Because when you write it out, you're going to have, like I said, all these things are going to come and you're going to like, yeah, but this, 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 like I said before. And then when you write it out, especially when you describe the one word, it's the one word that describes your life before Jesus. You then will want to wrap the parts of the story around that one word, not all the other stuff. Once again, the other stuff, you can bring that stuff out later. And, and as you do that, I'd also encourage you to stay away from these amazing spiritual experiences that you have. 
like part of my story, interestingly enough, I had this really cool spiritual experience. But when I'm telling it to someone, I'm, I've told it before, they're kind of looking at me like, whoa, dude, you know, yeah, <laughs> it does not connect. Okay. Right. So I've had to rework that part, not in a dishonest way, but in a way that they're going, yeah, that's, that, that's not going to happen for me, but more in a way of going, here's what got me there. And uh, it, it's, it's been much more relatable for people. Hmm. That's really interesting. Yeah. I hadn't thought about doing the removing parts of it that might be challenging for somebody who's not there yet on their journey, right? Like you talk about mm-hmm. even the concept of, we say the Holy Spirit, right? Foundational element of our, our belief in Christ and all those things, but, you know, sounds really strange to someone who doesn't follow Jesus, right? right. And so how do you take out those pieces? So how do you do it? So if, if, so you have this big spiritual experience, how do you take it from this big moment, do you just describe kind of what you felt in the moment or things like that? Or you just kind of describe it? Yeah. I, um, so I'll use, an, I'll use my example for a minute. Okay. Yeah. With the, the day that I made the decision to follow Jesus, I'm saying it now, people are going to listen to this and go like, Whoa, okay. But I'll use <laughs> So I really, I was actually at home in bed on a Sunday morning wasn't going to church. And I really felt and heard God speak to me, not an audible voice, but a very loud prompting that I've never heard since that day. And it scared me so much that I made a decision to follow Jesus right there. Okay. So if I'm telling someone my story and I drop that on them, they're going like, whoa, what? Yeah. So when I tell my story, I rephrase it and I go, and I just got to this place where I really strongly sensed that God was pursuing me. And I'd never sensed that before. And that led me to say, okay, I'm in. So I changed it. Yeah. And I did. I'm not dishonest. I mean, I I did. Right. No, I think that's completely true and said in a way that somebody could connect with. Like, okay, like Mm -hmm. God of the universe is pursuing me versus this, like, if somebody's never felt this sensation before, they may have not be able to connect with that. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And that's just really important because that makes it relatable. Now, once again, if they want to dig in more to it, you know, Hey, what was that like? Or describe that? Or, Hey, was that weird? Then I can dig into it more, but I don't want to create unnecessary roadblocks for them. Yeah. That would make it even more challenging. So unnecessary roadblocks kind of sharing too long. Um, is there anything else that you'd say, Hey, maybe avoid this type of thing. I would just avoid the we, we've all heard these stories where it's like oh man everything is just perfect it gets to the end and it's like okay you follow jesus and all your problems are are solved and it's like we're selling jesus okay i mean it right. kind of comes across as this hey man if you buy this and then you know <laughs> you'll never have this again and, and we'll I, throw in this for free before. yeah yeah and i've heard this before and here's what ends up happening with that even if you get them to take a step and then all of a sudden they experience what we've all experienced and that's not perfect because that's not what the point is. Yeah. Then they're, they're just walls are going to go up and go, man, I can't trust this person because I can't trust God. So um, just be as honest as possible. Okay. In your, in your story, be honest, be honest, even about the struggles. Hey, it doesn't mean my life is, is gotten is, is now all this stuff has gone away, but here's what has happened. Here's what I am experiencing. Here's the journey that I am on. So I think just being honest is really, really important. 
Uh, once again, stay away from a lot of church language that they're just not going to understand because we live in it. They don't live in it. So just make sure that you're speaking their language. If some person say to me, they said, well, I just speak uh, New Testament language. I go, oh, you mean first century language. That's what you speak. Yeah, it's written in the first century. Okay. <laughs> uh, we don't live in the first century. So speak in the times that we live in. And uh, just it's your story's great. No matter what it is, it's God's story in your life. Share confidently, honestly, humbly, and do it short and in a way that's relatable. And I'm telling you, when it's done, God will use it and it'll change that relationship. That's amazing. I love that. So you get done sharing. And this last question for you, Mark, but um, you get done sharing. Maybe they've shared a little bit too. Like, how do you not end it in an awkward way? Like, you know, hey, and that's my story. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, how do you, do you kind of follow up with questions for the other person? You don't want to leave them like feeling like they have to like, I don't know, you just shared this uh, vulnerable thing of your life or whatever, you know, and so you don't want mm -hmm. to like put pressure on them to do anything. Like, how do you navigate that? There's a couple of things you can do. If there's parts of your story that as you've been walking with this person that that's that's relatable to their journey. Okay. Yeah. I would make some comments as far as, Hey, so we, you know, when you talk about this, I can, I completely get it. Hmm. I get it. That was me too. And, and so there's, you're, you're connecting the dots for them, even though they heard it, you're just acknowledging it. Oh yeah. And I get that. And so anything that you can do to connect the stories, I think yeah. is really important at the end. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then at the end, all depending on, on kind of where you are. I just, I think, and then I like that in the story of, and here's just kind of where I am and I'm a work in progress, but I, I'm just, I love the journey. I yeah. really do. I love the journey. And Hey, do you, you have any questions for me on the story? Did nothing, did something not make sense to you or anything like that? And, uh, and then if they say, no, no, I appreciate you sharing it. They say, Hey, if you have any more questions, you feel free to anytime you want, yeah. feel free to ask. I love that you're giving them permission to engage with what you shared. And I think that people can feel hesitant to do that depending on the personality. Right. But, um, well, everybody, everybody's kind of, you know, in our culture today, everybody's like, well, I don't want to, and you know, all stuff. And I think, man, anytime you can give permission, you can set people free. You can acknowledge things that everybody knows, but do it in a loving way. Yeah. I think, and then acknowledge like, no, I, Hey, I'm here for you. I, I'm here to answer your questions. I'm here to, you know, walk with you. I, honestly, people are looking for safety. Hmm. They really are. It's everything is so unsafe right now. You can't No, they're looking for that. And so if you create that, I'm telling you, people will be drawn to that. They really, first, they're not going to know what to do with it because they're going to be <laughs> like, is this real? Yeah. But once they, once you get through all that and they, and it's like, no, no, this is legit. This person's legit. It's attractive. It's yeah. really attractive. Hmm. That's really good stuff. Mark, thank you so much for, for sharing all, all this stuff and even sharing a little bit of uh, your story in there. Maybe I tricked you into sharing that. I don't know. <laughs> but um, uh, We'll delete yeah, that part of this, I'm sure. Uh, perfect, perfect, perfect. Awesome. Thanks, Mark. Oh, enjoy it. Thanks for having me. Well, that was my conversation with Mark, and I think there are a few helpful things to take away. One is listening to someone's root fear about why they're concerned with changing, and then let them know that it's okay to feel that way. We don't need to explain it away for them. And then really all the stuff that Mark shared on sharing your story is really great, but I think being prepared is a big takeaway. Because unless we really take time to think about it, 
it's probably going to be really challenging for us to share our story in a way that's concise and helpful. Well, thanks for listening to this episode and be sure to follow or subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss any hopeful and helpful conversations.